Hello, hello, and welcome to the Risk and Reward podcast, where the best in the insurance industry come to motivate and educate future leaders in insurance. I'm Claire Richardson, a senior studying risk management and insurance at the wonderful Butler University, where I'm also the president of the Beta Lambda chapter of Gamma Yota Sigma. Today, I'm joined by Karen DeToro, the chief actuary and chief risk officer at CNO Financial Group. She is a Butler alum who has worked in the insurance industry for her entire career. We are so happy to have you on today, Karen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Claire. So like I mentioned, you've worked insurance your entire career. Would you be able to tell us how you got into insurance and risk management? Sure. For being in one industry for my entire career, I took a fairly unconventional path to get there. Uh, When I went to college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for a career. I actually started out as a radio and television major at Butler. I did that for about a semester and then realized that probably wasn't the right fit for me. Um, So I actually went home over Christmas break and I took out the course catalog and I just went through it. I highlighted everything that looked interesting to me. And I went back through and I counted up the highlights and the most highlights were in the math major. So I went back to uh, campus in January. I changed my major to math in the second semester of my freshman year. And then a little bit later, I realized that while I loved math, I was uh, missing literature courses, which I had really enjoyed in high school. And so I added an English major. And then by the time I graduated with a math and English double major, uh, by then I had decided that I really wanted to be an English professor. So I wound up going to graduate school for a year at Oxford University to study English literature. A year of graduate school is enough to convince me that academia was not the long-term plan for me. And so I began looking for a job in a business role. Now, um, someone that I graduated with from Butler, uh, she had been in the actuarial science program. And so I reached out to her to ask if she thought I could could do this actuary thing. And she helped me navigate the exam process. And she even helped me get my first job, which was American States in Indianapolis. So that kind of got me kicked off on the path from there after American States. I worked in various actuarial roles in both consulting firms and companies. I wound up joining Deloitte Consulting in 2006, and I did various kinds of work there. I did some audit support. I also did consulting work in what we call finance transformation, which is helping companies redesign and improve their financial reporting and accounting processes. And then I also did a lot of work in enterprise risk management. So that was where I really sort of got to cut my teeth on risk management. I actually wound up getting the job. So I mentioned I got my first job through my network. I got the job at Deloitte through my network as well. Uh, There was a partner I had worked with previously, and he had moved to Deloitte. And so I I reached out to him and got that position through him. After Deloitte, I moved on to New York Life and uh, played several roles there. I was chief actuary for one of their divisions for a time. Then I moved to lead their strategy function for that division and then underwriting. And then finally, I led their product development for their life business in New York. So a lot of different roles. I got that job through my network as well. Uh, The CFO of their life division was another partner I had worked uh, with previously in my career. So clearly my network has been extremely beneficial to me in in finding new roles and giving me new opportunities. And then just last fall, uh, I was sort of taking stock and and trying to figure out um, what I wanted to do next. And I was really looking for an opportunity to help lead the strategic direction of a company. And it just so happened that CNO Financial Group was looking for a chief actuary. I read the job description and it just looked perfect for me. 
um, really giving me the breath to do a lot of the things I'm interested in, as well as the ability to influence in a senior role. Uh, and so I've been here for almost a year now, and I'm, I'm totally loving it. Good. That's awesome to hear that your network really pulled through for a lot of the uh, different areas in your career. So you alluded to it a little bit, but I would love to hear more about how Butler prepared you for your career and, and what that means in your role today. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm a big, big fan of Butler. You know, with all those twists and turns in my academic life, there's not a lot of universities, I think, that would really enable you to be able to do all that and, and still graduate in four years. And so I really appreciate, uh, you know, the support of a great university like Butler as I, was, as I was navigating my way and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. So I'm a big fan of liberal arts education. You know, the work we do in risk management and, and actuarial science, it's highly technical. There's no getting around that. But when you can marry that technical expertise with some of the softer skills that you gain through a liberal arts education, yeah, I just think that that's really a win. And, and I would say for people who haven't had the benefit of going to a liberal arts college, I think that there are still ways you can develop those skills throughout your career. So some of those you'll learn on the job, but there's also opportunities to practice those skills through things like volunteer opportunities, things you do outside of work, taking, you know, continuing ed classes. Um, and I always encourage people to really focus on building your business acumen, developing your leadership potential, focusing on communication skills, um, and developing your emotional intelligence, which is so important in so many leadership roles. Absolutely. So it is not uncommon to have a chief actuary also be the chief risk officer. So I was wondering if you could shed some light on how these roles have intertwined in your experience at CNO. Sure. So I mentioned I became the chief actuary last September. I just took on the chief risk officer title in June. And you know, some insurance companies have the same person fill both the chief risk officer and the chief actuary role, and some don't. And really, both models work, um, and they both have distinct advantages. So, you know, one of the things that that's interesting to me and that I think about in my in my chief risk officer role is insurance is really different from a lot of other industries when it comes to risk management. You know, the purpose of an insurance company is to take on certain kinds of risks. And so, whereas in other industries, I think that there's you know, more focus on how do you mitigate risks. Um, in the insurance industry, we have to juggle, we want to mitigate some risks, but we want to take on other risks, but in a balanced way that helps us to achieve our objectives and, you know, make sure that we um, can, can manage what we're taking on. Uh, also, you know, the insurance industry benefits from having a lot of tools and techniques that have been developed, not just over decades, but really centuries. Um, so some of the actuarial practices that we use today really have been around for quite a while. And so uh, the insurance industry historically has had quantification methods that they've used to manage certain types of risk. And so I think when you have the chief actuary and the chief risk officer, you know, as the same person, in some ways it's easier to bring together those quantification techniques and extend some of those traditional actuarial practices to other forms of risk and really provide more of an enterprise view. Um, and so there's a little bit of synergy there that you can leverage. And I think, you know, it's a natural extension from that management of insurance risk. Actuaries have a very, I think, good view of how to think about a balanced view of risk that they can apply to those, those others. Now, having said that, there's certainly advantages in having those roles be separate as well. There are great techniques for managing non-insurance risks that come from outside of the actuarial profession that actuaries may be less familiar with and then, you know, have to learn about those if they're, if they're going to play that role. 
Um, and so it can be really advantageous to have a chief risk officer that comes from an operational or a strategic background that's learned to have a, a focus on those risks and those techniques. Um, so there's no one right answer. I'm certainly appreciating the opportunity to get to play both roles right now, because as I mentioned before, I did some enterprise risk management work in my, my prior days. And so it's great to be able to leverage what I've learned there. And then also be able to leverage some of the things I learned from the non-actuarial roles that I was in, in strategy and underwriting. So it's a great uh, set of things for me to be working on right now, but definitely both models can absolutely work. Good, that's great to hear that you are loving your current role as well. Um, you mentioned how in your career you've worked in a couple of different consulting positions, and would you be able to explain the differences between a consulting focus versus an internally focused corporate actuarial position, um, and kind of some of the qualities that would make an individual more likely to succeed in each position? Yeah, I consider myself very fortunate to have had a foot in each of those different worlds and at different levels as well of, of those organizations. You know, I, I think actuarial and risk students, as they're getting ready to graduate, they're always contemplating, do I want to go the consulting route or do I want to go the company route? I think the good news is you can't go wrong. As you can see from my career progression, you can change your mind if you get into something and you want to go in a different direction uh, later on. Um, I think it's helpful to start sort of with thinking about uh, the difference in what consulting companies versus insurance companies do. So, you know, with a consulting firm, uh, many of those are partnerships, not always, but, but that's a fairly typical structure. The partners sell projects to clients who are other companies, and then they have to go organize a team within the firm to go deliver that project. And so that's, that's their motivation is to sell work and deliver it. Insurance companies tend to be either typically publicly held companies, or they might be what's called a mutual or the policyholders actually own the company. But regardless, you know, they make money by manufacturing and selling insurance products to their customer base. And so when you think about you know, how they're, they're structured and what their motivations are, I think that then gets into some of the characteristics of how the work is different. So with consulting firms, one of the, the key things that always jumps out is there tends to be a lot of travel. And if you think about it, partners are selling work to companies all over the country. They're forming a team to deliver that work, and often they may be on the ground at the client site to do that. And so that can result in you know, a little or a lot of travel um, for people. Some people love that. I, in my career, I've had the opportunity to travel to lots of places in the United States, both coasts and several places in between, um, as well as internationally. I've, I've been fortunate to do projects in Sydney, Australia, and Tokyo, Japan. Um, so those have been great opportunities. But some people don't want as much travel and they prefer to stay closer to home. So that's always something to consider. There also tends to be a lot of variety in consulting. So you don't have a single defined job. Your job is based on whatever the, the firm is able to sell to their clients. So whatever kind of work they're selling, that's the work that they're going to ask you to do. Now, if you're an actuary or a risk manager at a consulting firm, you'll do things that sit within the actuarial or the risk management scope. Um, but you can get on a trend where you're doing the same kind of project over and over again. You can get on a trend where every week is something different that's being thrown at you, potentially that you haven't seen before. And so there's a lot of variety. Um, now, because there's so much variety for actuarial students in particular, there tend not to be these structured rotations where you sort of get a chance to do you know, one type of actuarial skill for a while, and then you move to another part of the organization and really go deep on another actuarial skill, you, you have to sort of 
bend with whatever work is coming in. And so it tends to be a little less structured. But again, the variety can be good for helping to develop your expertise. Uh, and there's a lot of upward potential at, at consulting firms. If you're good at delivering work and eventually you're good at selling work, you could wind up being a, a partner and an owner of the firm. So there's a lot of uh, potential there if you're interested in doing those things. Now, in a company environment, uh, the biggest difference is that there's that consistency in your job. So you're going to work in a single defined role. You could be in that role for two years or significantly longer than that. What's nice about that is it gives you a chance to really become an expert in that role. So you get to go deep and, and really learn your stuff. But some people uh, might find this restrictive. You know, it's, it's not as much of that variety. Um, and so part of it is just sort of what you like to do and how you like to do things. Now, since there's well-defined roles, that enables most insurance companies to have these actuarial development programs that offer those rotations. Um, and so that you know, gives actuarial students a chance to really kind of hone their skills in each area. And then typically less travel, uh, unless you take a job specifically that, that requires a lot of travel, typically you're not going to be tapped on the shoulder unexpectedly to go fly all over the country. And in a lot of cases, the hours can be more predictable, not always, but generally you have a pretty good sense of, of when your busy times are going to be and you can plan for those. Well, very nice. Thank you for that background. So you were mentioning a little bit about how travel can be in either role. So with COVID kind of impacting the actual physical travel, I was wondering if you could explain um, kind of how the hardening market and COVID-19 have affected your position personally. Yeah, so this is obviously top of mind for us. You know, we're, we're living through what is truly an unprecedented time as we navigate the pandemic. And it's particularly true for actuaries and risk management professionals. You know, for many of us, we've spent our whole careers analyzing these potential risk scenarios, including the risk of global pandemic. And, but while we've experienced pandemics before, we've never experienced anything on this scale during, during our careers, those of us who are working right now. So in some respects, it makes it a difficult time for those of us in the industry. There is so much uncertainty about how COVID-19 will evolve. Uh, and we get new information daily that we've got to incorporate in our thinking. But it's also a really significant time for the insurance industry and for actuaries and risk managers in particular. You know, the pandemic highlights the importance of the protection products we offer to our customers. And then the skills and, uh, of actuaries and risk managers are really more relevant than ever as we navigate both the day-to-day, -day, the kind of short-term impacts of COVID, like can somebody travel next week, or the longer-term impacts of COVID, uh, really understanding what that long-term trend will look like in terms of mortality and morbidity and economic impacts. And so in my chief, I'm going to sort of answer with my chief actuary hat and then my chief risk officer hat. In my chief actuary role, one of the most critical things that I do is to provide guidance to our management team about the impacts of COVID on our business. And so I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist. Um, it's not possible for me to project the progression of this pandemic or this virus. So I leverage assumptions from third parties that project uh, what they think the impacts of the pandemic will be on the U.S. population in terms of mortality and morbidity. And then my team and I model a range of potential financial impacts for our company based on those uh, assumptions about the external market and assumptions we make about our company specifically. And then as we continue to track the progression of the pandemic, we've, we've refined our models 
to incorporate that new information. Um, another important component of my job uh, as chief actuary is to make sure that we're holding appropriate reserves to pay claims. This is always a primary duty of the actuarial function and the chief actuary, um, but it's really important to consider that as we continue to receive COVID-related claims from our customers, and we wanna make sure that we're there for them and, and that we're able to make good on those claims. You know, reserves are, are what we hold back to pay those claims, so it's, it's critically important that, that we've got uh, what we need on the reserves. Now, on the chief risk officer side, I need to make sure we're considering all of the possible financial and operational and strategic impacts of the pandemic to the company. And so my team and I work with leaders from around the organization. They're closest to our business processes, so we're working with them to identify and manage those risks. So it's gonna be a while before we know exactly what the full impact of this pandemic will be on, on things like mortality, morbidity, and, and economic impacts. Um, but I know that all of us as actuaries and risk managers, we are going to learn so much through this period that we will then be able to apply going forward and, and really be able to sort of refresh the ways that we think about managing some of these different risks. Absolutely. I think the passion that you have for the uh, young professionals really shows through in, in, in that statement. So I would love to have a little second of your advice for you, the young professionals that are starting in the risk management insurance industry, and if you have any tips or tricks for them. Yeah, sure. So I guess I have a few pieces of advice. Um, the first thing is do what you love. I mean, hopefully my love of this profession has come through. Um, but, you know, work is hard. You spend a lot of your hours of your day at work, and it's even harder if you don't love what you do. Uh, I can honestly say that I have loved the work that I've done at every stage of my career and at every place that I've worked. And I think it not only makes you happier, which is, of course, a good thing in and of itself, but uh, people respond to that. People will offer you opportunities when they see that you're engaged and you're positive and you're passionate. Uh, and so it really does open doors for you when you love what you do. And then I'd say a second piece of advice that's sort of related to that is take advantage of the opportunities that you're offered. That doesn't mean say yes to everything because uh, that typically is a recipe for disaster. You'll find as you go through your career that you increasingly need to learn how to say no to things so you can prioritize your time. But say yes to the opportunities that are uh, both expected and unexpected. You know, say yes to things that scare you a little bit or feel like a stretch for you. You know, when I was at uh, a former company, I mentioned that I, I moved from being the divisional chief actuary to leading our strategy team, actually standing up a new strategy team in the division. And I was very nervous about leaving the actuarial path that I knew and loved to take this role um, that was new and that I, I wasn't quite sure how it would work out. It turned out to be a great learning experience for me. It was a ton of fun. Um, I did wind up back on the actuarial career path, obviously, uh, and it really was an exciting opportunity. It's not one I would have looked for for myself, uh, but it was one that was offered to me. And so look for those kinds of things in your career. and Don't be scared to take advantage, even if it seems like it's a little off your beaten path. And then um, the last thing I, I always tell people is, you know, stay interesting. Man, in, in the early years of your career, when you're trying to balance work and if you're an actuary, you're trying to take exams, it can be difficult to even think about having an outside hobby or volunteering somewhere, but really try to maintain that balance 
again, it, it makes you a more interesting person. It gives you more experiences to draw on both in your personal life and in your work. Um, and then the other side of that is, you know, stay interesting, but also stay interested. You know, really um, explore your, your curiosity and creativity when you see something at work that you want to think more about. Chase that down, dig into it, learn about it, uh, make sure that you stay interested in what you're doing. Because um, again, that will just help you to see those new opportunities as they're coming and, and hopefully, again, help you to enjoy more of what you do every day. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for giving us your time today as well as your expertise, Karen. Oh, thank you, Claire. I really enjoyed it. Hearing about your passion for the young people in the industry, educational journey, and your fruitful career really has been wonderful. And for our listeners, look out for additional content from Risk and Reward premiering soon. We will announce new episodes through our Instagram, at GIS Butler, Butler's Gamma Yoda Sigma LinkedIn page, and on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as on the National Alliance's website, scic.com. As Karen just mentioned, stay interested and stay interesting. We'll see you soon.